together? I do not think there could have been a better passage to read in preparation for Hosea than Ephesians 1. Open your Bibles to Hosea. I know that you all use the uh, King James Version. I was raised with it, but I don't use it anymore. I switched to New American Standard, but I'm going to try to read the King James but his Bible's pristine. There's no notes on it. So Hosea chapter 1, verse 1. The word of the Lord that came unto Hosea, the son of Beeri, in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel. Beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea. The Lord said to Hosea, Go, take unto thee a wife of whoredoms and children of whoredoms, for the Lord hath committed great whoredom departing from the Lord. Pardon me, Pastor Adam. Is this on or is it just in standby because the level meter is moving? It should be recording if the time is on. It's on. Verse 3. So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Diblaim, which conceived, and bare him a son. The Lord said unto him, Call his name Jezreel, for yet a little while, and I will avenge the blood of Jezreel upon the house of Jehu, and will cause to cease the kingdom of the house of Israel. And it shall come about, and it shall come to pass at that day that I will break the bow of Israel in the valley of Jezreel. She conceived again, bare a daughter. God said unto him, Call her name Lo Ruhamah, for I will no more have mercy upon the house of Israel, but I will utterly take them away. But I will have mercy upon the house of Judah, and will save them by the Lord their God. And will not save them by bow, nor by sword, nor by battle, by horses, nor by horsemen. Now when she had weaned lo Ruhamah, she conceived and bare a son. Then said God, Call his name Loami, for ye are not my people, and I will not be your God. Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured nor numbered. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, Ye are my people, there it shall be said unto them, Ye are the sons of the living God. Then shall the children of Judah and the children of Israel be gathered together and appoint themselves one head. They shall come up out of the land, for great shall be the day of Jezreel. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, our King, we do humbly bow before Thee, of whom Hosea wrote. Thank You, our God, 
that you have loved us as we've been reminded from before the foundation of the world, before Genesis 1. You had chosen us, our Father, in your beloved Son, Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you picked up the tab for our redemption, that you paid the price, that the Father's holiness and righteousness Law demanded to be paid. We thank you that we are now secure in you. We pray, O Holy Spirit, that you would enable us to look at what Hosea presents regarding the knowledge of you, that you are faithful even to your faithless people. Grant that we might see ourselves in what Hosea writes. And be encouraged and be more faithful and diligent in serving you without respect to what may be the temporal cost in this culture. Hear us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Brink asked me to preach, I obviously said yes, which he figured I'd say, and I began to consider what can I say that would be of great encouragement to you. Church planning is very difficult work. It's hard to ask people to visit, tell them what you're doing, what you're praying for God to do, one after the other after the other. And they're not interested. It's hard for us who love the Lord Jesus Christ. To be meeting with people that couldn't care less. About Christ. And his word. So this afternoon I'm preaching on my favorite text. Hosea 1. Now in full disclosure. I've stolen my outline. Actually, it's not an outline. It's just notes, marginal in the, in the text. I had the privilege in 1976 of hearing Dr. James Montgomery Boyce preach on this text. I'll never forget it. And also, Pastor Adam, I noticed, printed the title and included the words, And Can It Be?, That was the hymn by Charles Wesley that we sang in that service after Dr. Boyce completed preaching on Hosea 1. When you look at the redemption of Christ, his work, there are many ways the Bible looks at it and describes it, very much like a diamond with all the facets. And a particular facet I want us to look at this morning is the language of the marketplace. The payment of a price, the redemption, precisely what Paul referred to in Ephesians 1. Hosea is a real person. God had come to this prophet in space and time and history and had revealed to him, I am going to use your life as a sort of acted out historical parable. I'm going to use your life to describe 
my faithfulness to my people, even though they have not been faithful to me. Hosea tells us when he lives, Uzziah, you might remember some of these kings in your studies. Uzziah was a great king, powerful king, and he was able to secure the borders of the kingdom. And during his reign, financial prosperity was great. As a result, the people came to believe they didn't really need God. They were quite well by what their own hands had provided them. So they thought. He also is a prophet during the days of Jeroboam. Remember him. He's the first king of the northern kingdom once they separate from Judah. He's the first king of Israel. Jeroboam was a very wicked king and he understood something that the church today does not seem to understand as well as he understood it. And he knew, sat down with his advisors, religion forms the culture. A society is based upon its religion. And my people in north, in Israel, if they keep associating with the religion of Judah in the south, they are going to want ultimately to return to Judah. I will lose my kingdom. So to form a society up north, what we have to do is form our own religion and make sure it no longer has any connection to the southern religion in Jerusalem. And so he went to the town of Bethel and he built there an altar temple and he went and got men that he set up as his priests, totally disregarding the fact of, of God's establishment of the priest. You had to be of Levi if you've read or are reading Nehemiah and Ezra, they go through and they have these long, he's the son of so-and-so, the son of so-and-so, the son of so-and-so. If you're going to be a priest, you have to prove that you're a descendant of Levi. Jeroboam said, uh-uh, I don't care what God wants, I am God, I will decide who my priesthood is. And so he sets up a priesthood and Israel is told, Come to Bethel and offer your sacrifices there. Do not go to Jerusalem. Jeroboam was so hated by God and so wicked that as you read through the history, the biblical history of the other kings in the north, it will say things like so-and-so did this good thing and that good thing, yet he did not depart from the sins of his father Jeroboam. So he became, as it were, a poster child. This is the person, the mindset God hates. Anti-God Jeroboam. Anti-law. Hated the word of God. And Hosea is the prophet in those days. Now you can imagine this kind of culture that Jeroboam had been able to produce by his supplanting of the word of God in the minds and the consciences of the people of Israel. 
And it's at that point God comes to Hosea and says, your life is going to be an acted out parable to teach the gospel that I am faithful even to an unfaithful people. And so he is told, go down to the red light district of Jerusalem and find yourself a whore. Find yourself a prostitute. Marry her. He goes to Jerusalem, the red light district, and he does find himself a prostitute named Gomer, and he marries Gomer. Now apparently for the first number of years, the marriage worked fairly stably because she bears him three children. And each time she bears a child, God specifically meets with Hosea and names the child. Remember the names. The first was born a son. Verse 4. And the Lord said to him, name him Jezreel. For yet a little while and I will punish the house of Jehu for the bloodshed of Jezreel. I will put an end to the kingdom of the house of Israel. Jezreel is a Hebrew word that means scattered. And so the firstborn boy is named Scattered. Because I'm going to scatter my people. Then a little later she gives birth to a daughter. Verse 6. Then she conceived again and gave birth to a daughter. For the Lord said to him, Name her Lo-Ruchama. For I will no longer have compassion on the house of Israel that I should ever forgive them. Lo Ruchama is a compound word. I mean, the English shows you that with the hyphen. It is the base root. Ruchama means loved or compassion. Lo is the Hebrew negative. No compassion. So he's got Jezreel scattered. He's got a baby girl now, and her name is without compassion. Another year goes by or so, and she has a third child. Verse 9, and the Lord said, name him Lo-Ami, for you are not my people, I am not your God. Ami is the Hebrew, my people. Lo is the negative, not my people. You can imagine what you would do if you were Hosea at this point after several years. And Hosea may well ask God, look, I don't get it. I'm your prophet. I've been faithful. I have obeyed everything you've told me to do. And you have told me that my life is, a, is an historical parable of the gospel of your goodness and your love for sinners, of the fact you're faithful to an unfaithful people. But I don't get it. Look at my family, scattered, without compassion, not my people. How is this a picture of your faithfulness? And the Lord eventually answers him by saying, Hosea, you've not heard the whole story yet. 
He says, I will change the names of your children and Lo Ruhama will be renamed Ruhama. The negative will be removed. She who was without compassion will then be called with compassion. And Lo Ami's name will be changed. The Lo will be dropped. He will be called Ami. Instead of not my people, you'll be called my people. And as for Jezreel, those of you who are farmers, you have any? Hope so, because so that we can all eat. Um, Jezreel becomes the, the verb that's used for a farmer when he holds his hand. You might be able to do this. I have never been able to do this. Put your grass seed in here, and if you hold your fingers just right, you can throw it, scatter it, and it goes out evenly. I haven't learned how to do it. So I now raise an orchard. I'm giving up on the grass. Um, but God says, I'm going to change the name. Instead of meaning scattered, it's going to mean planted. And I will raise up my people. You remember the words, more numerous than the sand, grains of sand on the seashore. The people of God will be so large that the angels can't count them. The idea of a pessimistic Christian is really, well, I'll have to be gentle here. No, I won't be. I'll just, it really means a Christian who is ignorant of the Old Testament and the promises of God to his people. Christians will be innumerable as the gospel gains influence and success upon the earth as the king wields his scepter. You find as we continue to read Hosea that eventually she leaves Hosea. She goes back to her old way of life and finds her lovers again. And as she returns to her life of sin, at first the lovers can take good care of her, apparently. You know, the first lover provides for her, uh, don't know what kind of cars you like, provides for her a jaguar and a mink coat. But that ends, and she gets a second lover, and he gives her a Volkswagen and a Tweed from Ireland. Then he's done with her, and then her third lover gives her a beat-up old... <laughs> I was going to say Chevy. And <laughs> Chevy lovers. And just a sweatshirt that he got from Goodwill. And sin always does that. It looks good, promises great, but it goes downhill and takes you downhill quickly. And Gomer goes downhill as she returns to her life of sin. But even at that point, as Hosea plays the part of God in this drama, this parable, chapter 2, verse 8. Well, let's back up. Verse 7. And she will pursue her lovers, but she will not overtake them. 
She will seek them, but will not find them. Then she will say, I will go back to my first husband, for it was better for me then than now. As she has gone back to her life of sin, she's gone downhill in every way. And very much like the prodigal son, she comes to the recollection that, you know, I was better off with Hosea. And in that destitute condition, God again speaks to Hosea and sends him to her because her lovers no longer provide her with clothing, with cloth, and no longer provide her with groceries. So Hosea comes back into Jerusalem and looks for Hi, I'm Hosea. And you can imagine, that's not a welcome announcement. As her lover backs up and is expecting, maybe he's going to pull out a 45 or something. And Isaiah says, no, you don't need to worry, you don't understand. I know you can't provide her clothing. Here's cloth I have brought. I know you can't provide her food. Here's groceries I've brought for you to provide for her. And then he disappears. You read about this in Hosea 2, verse 8. For she does not know that it was I who gave her the grain, the new wine, and the oil, and lavished on her silver and gold, which they used, she and her lovers, for Baal. Gomer doesn't understand in the depravity of her sinful life that nonetheless I... God, Hosea playing the part, is taking care of her. And she's still saying, oh, my wonderful lovers who provide for me my clothing and my food, not knowing it's Hosea who's providing it for her. She continues to go downhill, and ultimately, as the Holy Spirit tells us, she is in such debt she is sold as a slave. Look at chapter 3. Then the Lord said to me, go again, again back to Jerusalem, love a woman who is loved by her husband, yet an adulteress, even as the Lord loves the sons of Israel, though they turn to other gods and love raisin cakes. Now we know that these auctions were despicably run. We know this because there is, archaeologically, has been found a Greek text of an auction as part of a play. And in these auctions, the man would come up and he'd be on, up for sale, and the bidding would be one or two shekels. But when a woman was put on the block for sale in the auction, her clothes were removed. and The men are bidding for the body of the woman. And the bidding is now 10, 11, 12, 15 shekels of silver. Not like it had been for men. And that's when apparently Hosea comes into the slave auction. Verse 2 of chapter 3. So I bought her for myself for 15 shekels of silver and a homer and a half of barley. 
Nobody would bid more than that for Gomer. So the gavel comes down, sold to Hosea. Now in this transaction, Gomer has slandered his name, has made him a laughingstock in the community, as she has run from him, her husband, and shacked up with various men in Jerusalem. And now he owns her. In the culture at this time, he can do whatever he wants with her. He can take her home and execute her because of what he's done to his name. And nobody would have said, I'm going to tell the cops. It was okay for him to do that. He had that right in the legal system of this time. Not in God's law, but in man's law. But notice what he says to her. Verse 3, Then I said to her, You shall stay with me for many days. You shall not play the harlot, nor shall you have a man. So I will also be toward you. You are now my property which I have bought. You will be faithful to me. But I pledge that I will be faithful to you. You understand what's going on here with Hosea. Hosea plays the part of God. Gomer is us. Unfaithful people of God. And God is still faithful, providing. But the bidding for Gomer, for you and for me, the bidding is not 15 shekels of silver, a homer of barley. The bidding is the price, the cost of the death of the Lord Jesus Christ upon the cross. He pays the price. And you're sold. You're now the possession of Jesus Christ. And he says to you, you will be faithful to me. But I pledge to you, I will be faithful to you. God is faithful to his people, even when they are unfaithful. You may remember the Apostle Paul quotes what is presumed to be a fragment from the early church in their order of worship. A little statement of about six lines in one of his epistles. That when we are faithless, he is faithful. It's part of that quote. And that is the teaching of Hosea. I encourage you to continue to read through Hosea. And notice the gracious promises of the book of Hosea. Let me read chapter 14. I don't want to leave it. We get busy in the afternoons and just maybe we don't get back to it. 
Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity. Take words with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, take away all iniquity and receive us graciously, that we may present the fruit of our lips. Syria will not save us. We will not ride on horses. You remember the Assyrian king said, come join me, I'll put you on horses. You can be big, bad dudes and the cavalry for me. Just join me. Give you a horse. Nor will we say again, our God, to the work of our hands. For in thee the orphan finds mercy. The helpless. The one with no rights. The one with no advocate. Will find mercy with God. I will heal their apostasy. I will love them freely. For my anger is turned away from them. I will be like dew to Israel. He will blossom like the lily. He will take root like the cedars of Lebanon. His shoots will sprout. His beauty will be like the olive tree. He's describing his church. And his fragrance like the cedars of Lebanon. Those who live in his shadow will again raise grain. They will blossom like the vine. His renown will be like the wine of Lebanon. O Ephraim, what more have I to do with idols? It is I who answer and look after you. I am like a luxuriant cypress from my From me comes your fruit. Whoever is wise, let him understand these things. Whoever is discerning, let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the righteous will walk in them. But transgressors will stumble in them. Do you see yourself as Gomer, faithless, and yet God bids the price of His Son Jesus for your redemption, has bought you, and owns you. Remember the Abrahamic promise? I'm sure you do. I will be their God and they will be my people. They're his possession in Christ. Let's pray. Father, it is indeed hard for us to look at Gomer. Foolish woman. Despicable in her sin. Without discernment even when you are taking care of her as she flees from you. Yes, that's us. Our God, open our eyes to see our sinfulness. Your faithfulness, the depth 
of your love. The price you have paid. Without regret. Without hesitation. Without complaint. Cause our hearts to go out toward you in love. Cause us, O God, to determine that we will be faithful to you. So help us, the Holy Spirit. You've redeemed us to be holy and blameless. Cause us to pursue that with joy. Because you first loved us. And were faithful even as we kicked against the goads. To Christ be all glory we ask. In his name. Amen.